Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room and a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends. Man, I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. All right, here we go. Blue Bloods is back. Yes, sir. Midweek, midweek episode had some uh, <laughs> had some health issues going on over on my side of town. So, yeah. uh, little salmonella poisoning, everybody. I, I'll I will tell the whole story one of these days. But obviously, this is midweek. We're already behind the eight ball. So I, I'll, I'll I'll dive into that maybe next week when we got a little bit more time. But uh, this week. We're going to get back into our conference season predictions. So we've got yes, Pac-12, ACC uh, yep. on deck. And then we're going to talk Heisman predictions. And yes. then week zero. It's here, B. Holmes. We're in week zero. Like, it's almost college football the, season. The excitement is real. Matter of fact, our a good friend of mine, Corey, uh, yep. Corey Demling, Bro, we've been texting all week because, you know, he's a Nebraska guy. So yeah. um, I was like, so if those don't know, Corey's a pastor. So I was like, yo, how are you even preparing a sermon today? He's like, honestly, bro, he goes, I put my dad up this weekend, so I didn't have to. <laughs> well, not well. this is like, like week zero for most college football fans is like the appetizer before the right. main course meal on Labor Day weekend when we get like six straight days of college football. Right. This is a big weekend for him because oh, for Nebraska, definitely. Yeah, I mean they 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 open they don't just open the season, but they open the season with a conference game. Yep, and in Ireland, like Ireland, yeah, they're in That's Ireland, what I mean. Ireland, with, with the hot seat coach, yeah. uh, new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, like just everything's riding on this season for them. So yeah, they're pretty pumped up. Well, before we get too too far into that, let's. Finish out what we started a week ago, which those of yep. you that have been listening and sending us some feedback, we obviously appreciate it. Those have sent what your predictions are, whether it's texting us because you know us personally <laughs> or you know messaging us on one of the social media handle, uh, um, outlets. But what do you want? You want to go ACC or Pac-12 first? Let's go. Um, let's go Pac-12, man. They're they're probably the more exciting of the two. They got a lot of things going out there. Okay, so Pac-12. We, if you, if you forgotten or you did not listen to last week's episode which we encourage you to do you still got still got a little bit of time before the season officially kicks off yes, but sir. we go prediction in other words prediction of who's going to win the conference our bounce back team which again a bounce back is either a team that was you know losing record last year that we think bounces back or a team that was not bowl eligible last year that we think will be bowl eligible this year or a team who was mm-hmm. traditionally elite and they were just good a season ago, and we yep. see them bouncing back to their elite form. And then we have a dark horse for the conference and a hot take. So, yes, sir. Pac-12, B. Holmes, go. Prediction, man. Um, I think I knew who you were going to lean, and originally I think I was thinking that way. But I'm actually going to go. Um, I'm going to go with those boys up in Eugene, Oregon. 
Mm. I like Dan Lanning. I like what he's he's bringing in from Georgia, the former defensive coordinator at Georgia. Um, here's why, and I'm not going to go in like super in depth because I know we're on the time clock. But here's here's why I feel comfortable saying that. I know USC is bringing a supreme amount of talent. I'm not discrediting that. But as we've noted before in former episodes, Oregon's not 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 talented. They have talent. I like the fact that they brought in Bo Nix this year, a proven mm-hmm. starter that's played in big time football games. Now it really depends what Bo Nix you get, but. Yeah. Bo Nix, I mean, we also remember like his freshman year at Auburn, true freshman year comes in. I think they played at Jerry World and almost pulled off the upset of Oregon. No, um, they did. No, oh, did they? they? Did they? Yeah. Did they win that game? I can't mm-hmm. remember. Yeah. Man, that feels like last year, but I also know that was like three years ago. So <laughs> um, they got that. But then here's why, Trey. Defense, defense, defense. Noah Sewell, um, the younger brother of uh, the first-round draft pick, Pinay Sewell. Yep. Check out his stat line last year. 114 tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles, an interception. They get explosive linebacker Justin Flo back. Um, if anybody doesn't know Justin Flo, just YouTube his high school highlights. The dude's a freaking monster. And then three of the top four sack leaders return. Um, and I, So I think that defensive side of the ball for Dan Lenning is is actually stocked pretty well. Um, and I think he's going to make an early imprint with that defense. And hopefully if Bo Nix, I think at this point, if he builds Oregon or where Oregon is at in my, just from my research, the defense can win them a lot of games if Lenning puts them in position. And all Bo Nix has to do is just not Bo Nix it up. Um, pun intended. So, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Oregon as my prediction for the Pac 12. It's funny because I, I'm going to stick with who you think I'm going to st- going to pick just yeah. because I've like really put all my cards in on them since, you know, the off season got going, but it was so difficult for me to not just go with Utah. Yeah. Same running it back and, and I winning to. the conference again. Uh, I wanted to, I still think they're the favorite personally. Yeah. I think they, I think they still have, Another year before some of these other teams like the Oregons or the team mm-hmm. I'm about to talk about really take off, maybe. Um, we'll see. I just think it's that team that sort of gets slept on every year. Whittingham and, has them ready to play. And Whittingham week, has them ready year. to play. Um, I actually met Whittingham at Pac-12 Media Days. It was kind of interesting. It was He's a good <laughs> dude. I talked to him for a little bit. Uh, I saw him at the hotel. And he was like waiting in line for something. He was standing there for like five minutes, pretty much by himself. And I'm like staring at him because my wife and I was just kind of hanging out with my wife at LA Live. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, Pac 12 Media Day. Let me just go see what's going on. Yeah. yeah you sent me a picture. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll talk about that picture in a minute. But <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm just going to go talk to him. So I just went up to him. I was like, coach. And he looks over and I said, I'm Trey. Uh, big fan of yours, you know, good luck this season. He's like, Oh yeah. Thanks man. Uh, you from around here? I said, no, I'm from Texas. <laughs> he's like, Oh, what are you doing here? He's yeah. kind of looking at me like, Oh, and you, I mean like you t- yeah. like, what? I was like, yeah, I just, yeah. Love college football. Um, I did not tell him about the podcast. I was like, like, did, I did you plug the podcast? I did not. Like I punked out. And then I got my redemption, which I'll talk about my redemption later when I talk about another team in this conversation. But my prediction to win it all is USC. I just, Lincoln Riley, 
I've been saying this since he took that job. There's no reason yep. he can't replicate in the Pac-12 what he did in the Big 12. And when he got to OU as the coordinator, like year one, yeah. he immediately felt his presence. They immediately, OU went from being like eight and five to a playoff team in mm-hmm. his first year on campus. And I, I, and you look at what he's done with the roster. I mean, yeah. arguably the best quarterback and best receiver in the country. Um, you know they're going to produce offensively. Can they field a defense that, as I like to say, doesn't suck? You know, just have a have a team, have a defense that doesn't suck paired with that Lincoln Riley offense. And I mean, USC could, could be really explosive, man. make some noise this year. Um, and obviously, the media is all hyped, and they've they've got more hype than. I, you know, anything I can remember a season, mm-hmm. any season I can remember coming into for a team and we'll see if they deliver, but I am going to stick with USC. I said, I believe they win the PAC 12 this year and I'm, I'm and their schedule. I mean, I've been saying that too. They, they've got three games really that they, they, they have to play. They've got Utah, Notre Dame and UCLA and you know, the yeah. rivalry game. And outside of that, I mean, it's not exactly murderer's row, right? Right. So, and he's got two years in the Pac-12, right? Two years before they... Before they come over to the Big Ten. When, yeah. Which life's really about to change then. But um, I'm, going with the, I'm going with the Trojans. Fight okay. on. I like that. I mean... Who's your, yeah. who's your bounce back? Dude... I was going one way, but uh, I actually changed it this morning. My bounce back team this 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 uh this year for the Pac twelve is Washington. You don't. Oh, oh is that who you picked? That's who I got. I'll go with a different one. <laughs> God. Only, yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm I'm going with you, Dub. Man, here's the reason why I end up picking them. Um, long story short, Michael Penix Jr. got named starting quarterback. I like the new uh, and then here's also why they um. They just took Michigan's recruiting director, Courtney Morgan, who's a big reason why we had a huge recruiting class last year. Okay. Um, like the new head coach that came in because he came over from Fresno State, correct? Yeah. Former officer coordinator, Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. So when Indiana was hot and he recruited Phoenix, Phoenix played for him. That's that year before, wasn't the COVID year where they lost to Ohio State by a touchdown in the last second of the game. I just, Michael Phoenix can ball, man. He's just never healthy. That's yeah. the problem. If he can stay healthy all year, and here's the thing, I also like them, and and then I'll let you kind of jump in, is even if he does get hurt, they have an experienced backup in Dylan Morris, who still threw for two thousand plus yards in a defunctional program last year. Mm. He's not a slouch of a quarterback. Um, so that have the luxury of having two starting caliber quarterbacks, and then obviously, you know, UW's never been short on their defense was amazing last year. They just couldn't generate offense. Yeah. Um, so they had two NFL cornerbacks on their deep. So the talent's there. Um, I think obviously we know. I feel like the most important position on the field in college football is one quarterback, then two edge rusher. They got mm-hmm. a dynamic quarterback coming in, with Michael Penix Jr. I watched him for years terrorize people in the Big Ten. Um, I like you, Dutton. I mean, to lose four games, they could definitely come up and double that and win eight. Maybe not. The schedule isn't daunting at all. Right. Um, yeah, I, I like you, Dub, to make that bounce back this year. And that's the thing with the Pac-12. Like, there's just not a lot of those bounce-back candidates other than Washington and USC. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
like because i initially was like i'm looking at my 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 list and it's like usc usc and i'm going no so i put usc washington and then i've got my dark horse and my hot take but i i'm gonna have to, i'm gonna stay I'm, I'm gonna say usc is my bounce back then since yeah. i was gonna say washington for really all the reasons you just laid out coach coming from fresno state and if you remember that Fresno State team almost beat Oregon last year. Yeah, they were good. They were um, good. And the only reason why I remember that so vividly was because that was one of my bold predictions and yep. one of our first ever <laughs> bold predictions that we <laughs> that we did as a part of the uh, Blue Buzz podcast. That was one of like the very first ones and I was watching it so closely and I think they lost by a field goal or something, but one I think they went 10 and 3. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, team went Three and six, I think, in conference or three, whatever, yeah, whatever it was. It was. I mean, they're going to be bowl eligible this year. Washington's bouncing back, but since that was your bounce back team, I'll go with my my conference winner as my bounce back, which is USC because they they also went four and eight last year. And I mean, that's that's I, I think USC will be a worst to first story, especially yeah. when you look at their team. I mean, it's a totally different roster now. Um, then what Caleb they Williams had. wins you four games by himself. Yeah. Conference games. Right. He's you. that good. <laughs> so, okay. Uh, now I'm scared to have you pick the dark horse, but go for it. I mean, I'm, I'm staying in Washington. That's okay. my dark horse. I, I, and the reason why all the things I just said, so I don't have to reiterate them. Um, but when you look at the schedule, it's not daunting. They open up the, the year at Ken, I mean against Kent State, then they play Portland State, then they have a night game at Michigan State. That would used to I would feel like they could possibly lose that, but Phoenix can carve up Michigan State left and right. Um, and we saw that atrocious secondary last year. Um, and if you listen to last week's preview, I'm not high on Michigan State as it is. <laughs> then it's Stanford, UCLA, Arizona State, Arizona, Cal, Oregon State, Oregon, Colorado. Washington State. And the reason why I said that, I'm like, they only really get Oregon, who I'm really just like, oh, man, that's a really, really, I don't think a game you can win. Um, they don't play USC. They don't play Utah. I don't know. I feel like the schedule is set up very favorably for them. And I'm looking, they have one, two, three, four, five, six. They have seven home games. Mm. So I just don't really even think, you know, oh, excuse me, that game against Michigan State is at Washington. So. I just think everything like set up, sets up for them. I mean, I know it's not a conference game, but I'm saying seven games at home, that's a pretty good game, pretty good amount of games at home. New coaching staff, elite quarterback, no USC, no Utah, just Oregon, who's in a transitional year anyway, so we don't know what it's going to look like. Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me if you're like, oh, man, they're vying for a, a potential shot at playing for the Pac-12 because they're not too far off from being in that conversation anyways for a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, my dark horse is UCLA. Uh, it feels, here's what's interesting. It feels like Chip Kelly, it's like, oh, he's only been there a couple years. And then you look at it and go, oh, no, he's, this is like year five or six. Yeah, he's for been him. there for a minute. Yeah. And then you look and go, guys, he's been there forever. Um, here's why they've got one of the oldest teams in the conference. He, mm -hmm. You know, he's managed to keep all these guys to come back as six-year seniors. I think they actually have the most six-year seniors of any team in the conference, including who I think is the X factor, who some at 
one point in time considered a future potential Heisman candidate, not this season, I'm just saying early on in this young man's career, and that's their quarterback. DTR. Um, DTR. So I, I always call him DTR because I don't ever remember his full name. Darian Torrin Robinson. He's an original Michigan lean. That's how and I that's know. the other reason I remember is because <laughs> you always remind me, well, he was supposed to go to Michigan. And then was. when Chip Kelly, was it when Chip Kelly got hired, he flipped Kelly, to UCLA? Well, Jed Fish left to go coach. And when Fish left, it he all. He went to Arizona, went right? To, yeah, yeah. He ended up going to Arizona. But he went to the. Did he go to NFL something to coach for a little bit? I don't know. He left. And Michigan. now he's the head coach at Arizona. Has a head coach at Arizona. Hey, yes. You want to know interesting fact on Jed Fish? That What's since that? We're talking Pac-12, and you just brought him up. Did you know he didn't even play high school football? He, he was a high school tennis player. I didn't know that. Allegedly, like if I really if my research, because you know every year they make those lists. Well, I don't know if they do it every year, but they'll make those lists where they'll rank. All Division One head football coaches based on their career as a player. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and that's when you get like Harbaugh up there at the top, of and course. guys who like we, you know, played in the league and all that. Well, he's Jet Fish is always like last on that list because hmm. he he was like a high school tennis player. I mean, maybe I'll look coach, that up though. as before we finish this episode to verify it. But um, great coach. Anyway, so back to UCLA. So. I think they're a dark horse to win it. I think um, I that. they've got a, a team. They were nine and four last year, or nine and three, or eight and three, because they did not get to play their bowl game. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And if you remember to start the season, they had the big win over LSU. Now that was before LSU just we completely knew what was unraveled, right? But it was like, okay, maybe. Maybe UCLA, and we held off. We were like, oh, let's wait one more week before we start talking Pac-12. Hold on, let's yep. wait one more week before we start. <laughs> and then I, I don't it remember happened. who, who – yeah, it happened. It. But another reason is the second coach I ran into at Pac-12 Media Days was Chip Kelly. And I was very disappointed with myself for not like at least – I have these little cards that have like our podcast information on yeah, it, like yeah. business cards. And I didn't even hand one or plug it, anything with, with Kyle Whittingham. So I was like, man, okay. If I get another opportunity before I leave this place, like, I'm, I'm bringing it up. So my wife and I were walking around without getting into all the details. I see him coming down an escalator. And I look up, and he's with the Pac-12, like, guy that's, like, escorting him. Mm-hmm. And I said, coach, can I get a picture, man? And he just looked down. I mean, literally, there was no one else in this area. It was me, mm-hmm. my wife, Chip Kelly, and this guy escorting him yeah. down the escalator. And he's like, sure. And then I said something about the show All American, because if, if you're listening, yeah. you ever watch the show All American. I like, hate that show. He's on it. Dude, I, I got addicted to it. Um, I hate this. The acting is terrible. It's <laughs> I mean, so I, bad. I don't care. <laughs> I, I, mean, it, I mean, you're right, but like, I, I, I like the, the My wife loves lines. that show, by the way. She loves it. <laughs> she loves the freaking show. The, the storylines, are, 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 they got me. But anyways, Chip Kelly is on that show. So I was like, hey, and this summer, like, I binged that show. I hadn't seen an episode of it until this summer, actually. And so ironically, yeah. I was like, hey, I just saw you on All-American. He's like, oh, yeah. So we're talking. And we get a picture, introduce him to my wife. And I said, hey, coach, before you go, here, here, let me give you one of these. And I was like, I'm a podcast, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And I said, listen, I know how much you love talking to the media. So, yeah. <laughs> And he said, hey, no, 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 I like talking to good people. I like talking to good people. And then he, and I watched him the whole way down the escalator. He was reading that card. He was either acting like he was reading the card 
for my sake right. when he was really reading it. But <laughs> either way, and then I went to go try to find him on social media, and apparently Chip Kelly's like not on any social media no, at all. He's not at trying like find him, message him, be like, hey, I was the one. Da, 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 da. And I thought, well, he's got my card. So yeah. if he wants to call and come on the Blue Bloods, you never it's know out there. You never know, man. And coach, I'm I'm predicting your team as the dark horse to win the Pac-12. So like, you definitely need to come on the show now. But anyway, well, and then they have Zach Charbonnet too. Don't forget about him. Running back, right? Yep. From yep. Michigan, correct. transferred from Michigan. We yep. talked about that last year. Michigan was like the the farm system, system for, for like 18. every other <laughs> Division One <laughs> program in the country. Um, but yeah, so I've got USC, and I guess USC, and then my dark horse UCLA. USC predicting, USC bounce back, UCLA dark horse. I'm not getting out of LA, really. No, right. you're there. What's your hot take? Man, my hot take, I don't think it's anything special, but it's. I just believe Oregon will have the better season between the two new head coaches. I think Oregon will have a better season than USC. Um, I, I, I think ultimately long term, I think USC will be better, but I think Oregon this year, I'm just looking at probably the continue. Oh, man, I'm about to butcher that word just the continuation of all the talent mm. the teams there they've been gelling the only thing that's really new is the coaching the coaching tree i think they're going to be fine man and I, and we talked about this on the pod last year like they have a sneaky amount of talent on their team every year i think with the last three years they produced the first round draft pick yeah um so top 10 right in the top 10 from herbert to thibodeau to penne sewell um, looking like Penne's little brother might potentially be a, a first round draft pick. I think he's draft eligible next year. Mm. Um, maybe I think, or maybe he's a sophomore. Anyways, yeah, I just like, I think Oregon's going to have the, I think Lenning's going to have the better first season in the pack and uh, in, in their new programs besides Lincoln Riley. All right. Here's mine, dude. I say the pack 12 for the first time since 2016, I think. Puts a team in the CFP. Ooh. There's my Pac-12 hot take. They put a team in the college football playoff. First time since Washington, I believe it was. Oh, I forgot Washington played in the CFP. Was that 2015 when they played? 2016, I think. Because they got whooped by Bama. I was actually yeah, at I remember that, that game. Yeah, it was in the Cotton Bowl. Um, but, yeah, they... Uh, yeah, that was with, uh, what, John Ross was the receiver. They had the mm -hmm. two corners. I mean, again, back to your point about their defense. Their defense was just what carried them Carried them that season. They had a good quarterback. I mean, Peterson was there. He has that yeah. he had that offense, and he, the guy's just a winner, I mean, from his days at Boise State. Yeah, so I think for the first time since, since then, they'll, they'll put a team in. I can see that. And here's the thing. If USC – wins the conference, even if they have a loss, like they're getting in the playoff. Oh, for sure. Even if it's just one loss, they're getting in. Yeah. So it's good for college football. But I, I'm even saying if a team like Utah runs the table or, Which or wins I think it, they can personally. I, I mean I think they get in. I think I, I think this year the Pac twelve gets in the college football playoff. I like that. I can see that. So all right. ACC yeah, man. Um, prediction. I'm just coming out the gate. Clemson. Um, I just think they just kind of had like off year. Uh, even if Ugalalele, I'm butchering his last name. DJ <laughs> Even if he doesn't have a great year, they had the hot shot five star quarterback coming right behind him. Um, and Dabo Club has Nick. Is it Club yeah, Nick Subnick. 
And Dabo has shown yeah. that he's willing to play the better of the two. He doesn't play the seniority game, i.e. Trevor Lawrence over Kelly Bryant a couple years right. ago. Um, yeah. And I think Dabo just wants to win. I think, uh, I mean, Clemson has a loaded defense. They had a good defense last year. It's just the offense couldn't move the football. So um, I'm just going to go Clemson. I mean, I, I, I would have to see it to believe it. They really think they're really on the decline, especially after how they've kind of recruited the last years, the program. I know they're going to miss two of their top assistants are going to be gone, but I mean, Dabo, it, I think, I think he kind of runs a tight ship and has that thing kind of rolling. So I, I think Clemson will win this year. How do you say that true freshman's name? Um, I'm about to, do you know, it is it, give me uh, two seconds. Cade, like, is it, it's like Klubnik or something, or am I Klubnik, saying it wrong? Klubnik, if, um, it's fine. I, I, I thought yeah, I you know. just said it and, and, let me see. And I just didn't hear you, but it's fine. Um, well, while you're doing that, I'll talk about my prediction for the ACC is North Carolina State. I think if you look at their season a year ago, uh, they were close. In fact, I mean, one or two possessions away from playing for an ACC championship a season mm-hmm. ago. And they've got really their entire defense back, which was one of the best in the conference, I believe. Mm-hmm. They've got their quarterback. Uh, they just they similar to my thinking with UCLA as a dark horse in the Pac-12. That's kind of why I think NC State's going to actually win the conference this year mm-hmm. is because they're hungry for it. They're very senior, sixty-year senior-laden team. Uh, a team that what nine wins last year? Yeah, most of them are all back. I mean, you can make an argument they let it slip through their fingers in twenty twenty-one. So. That's who I got winning winning the the ACC this season. Club Nick, Club Nick. That's what Club Nick. Club Nick. Okay, yeah, big five star hot shot out of Austin, Texas. All right, who's your bounce back ACC? Um, I'm going with, dude. I'm going with the chop, Florida State. Ah, I'm going yeah. with Florida State, man. Um, it's funny they pop up on my Twitter timeline quite a bit for a team I don't follow. Um, <laughs> I don't follow them at all. Um, so I, I kind of took that as a sign. I said, maybe this is a sign. But then I kind of looked at their their games last year and who they lost. I mean, they lost that first game of the year to Notre Dame, played them close. Um, every game they lost outside of the Wake Forest game was a one-score game. Um, so they were in the thick of it. It's just like they couldn't finish. Um, and so I'm looking at that. One of a part of it, honestly, I'm going off history. Two, mm-hmm. I'm like, Florida State is never not talented. They might not have the surplus of talent that we've known them to have in years prior, the Jimbo years, the Bowden years, but they're never not talented. Um, and, man, I'm, I'm just kind of hoping and believing for a culture shift down there. And so when I really looked at really, like, bounce-back teams, there wasn't, like, a ton in ACC. Um, and I think it's I think college football is better when Florida State is better. I think the ACC is better if Florida State is better. And especially in the midst of conference realignment, I'm hoping that that's the case because then it gives the ACC some formidable teams that you're like, I can really take this conference serious and not it's just Clemson. So my bounce back was um, Florida State. They returned, I think he's a four, this is fifth year playing quarterback. Um, I forget the kid's name. Um, uh, Jordan Travis. Technically, he's a fourth year junior. He's been in the system for a while. You know, he's the. 
Because who did he have to split time with last year? What's the kid that came? Well, in? it was well uh, from UCF. Yeah, um, Milton. Yes, McKenzie Milton. Yeah. You know, so that was back and forth our year. This is his team now. Consistent head coach two years in a row. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just kind of putting my eggs in the basket on Florida State to bounce back. He also had to split time that season. Kendall Bryles was the offensive coordinator. Uh, who was the head coach? The guy at FAU now came from Oregon. Willie Taggart. Taggart. Yeah. He's a hardball guy, actually. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, in his heart. But then kind of went to a more spread it out when he was at uh, South Florida. Anyways. <laughs> When he was there, I think the guy you're referring to also had to split time. So, yep. yeah, we'll see. The big knock on him is can he throw the ball? You know, he definitely can make plays with his legs. Uh, can he make plays with his arms? I guess we'll see. Uh, my bounce back, <clears throat> getting back to our criteria, is Clemson, right? Yeah. Not that they yeah. were bad I last year. Them. No, they were bad. <laughs> they were terrible. To their standard, <laughs> they were. I mean, they still went like 10-3, and three, I think. But Did they? I think, I think so, dude. Did they not? I'm saying like they've they've built such a reputation. Let's look it up. Oh no, they, I'm looking they, it up right now. Like I'm they, here. Hold on. Yeah. I don't think they did they go ten and three? Yeah, six and two in conference. That just shows wow. you how their rep is that because the You're right. My, your memory though is like they were bad. They were terrible. <laughs> like, but Oh wow, still, they did. They were still ten and three. Um so I, I think they'll bounce back. Look, I got NC State winning the conference because I think that's what that game. Unfortunately, they're in the same division. I was mm-hmm. I was hoping, like, man, it'd be sweet if they could play each other for the conference. Mm-hmm. But that'll probably be the game that decides who wins that that division um, to represent the ACC and the ACC champ or represent that side in the ACC championship. But I've got Clemson bouncing back um, just because you pretty much laid out everything when you were yeah. saying them as your prediction to win the conference, that's why I say they'll be this year's uh, bounce back. I like that. Dark horse. I don't know if they can count as a dark horse, but I feel like kind of, cause they kind of been overshadowed and it's actually who you pick for your prediction is NC state. Ah, okay. Um, same things you said, like, and I did some, they returned through the top four receivers. This is why, though, Devin Leary, man, they're starting quarterback at the elite 11 this past year. Everyone said out of the, college quarterbacks that came, he had the best arm talent. Hmm. Um, best arm talent, really kind of like confident, bravado kid. They're a super older team. They return a lot of production. Um, and that's kind of – I really kind of picked him my dark horse because I feel like everyone's talking about Crystal Ball and the U possibly being back and Tyler Van Dyke. Shout out to Edwin who listens to us faithfully. He texts me, oh, man, yeah, we got Josh Gaddis, which I have a whole deal on that. I don't know if I have time to even dive into the whole Josh Gaddis thing. Um, and it's not even hate. I think I just have pure facts on it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm in a very wait-and-see mode with Miami because I, I thought about putting them as my dark horse just because I was like, oh, yeah, Miami, the U, Crystal Ball's back, blah, 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 blah. And I thought, eh. It's a lot of I hype. I do like their quarterback. Don't get Van me wrong. Dyke. Yeah, he's I, nice. Do like their quarterback. He's nice, but I'm I want to see. Yeah, t- to your point, I want to see this offense. Like, is it is it anything? Um, just, it's not. I just okay. Can I just say it? It's, yeah, it's it's oh. not, bro. Like this is my thing about. I like Crystal Ball. I think he's going to shift the culture of Miami. I don't believe Josh Gaddis is the answer, and here's why, Miami fans, because we have a few that listen that text me personally. Mm. I watch 
So when Josh Gaddis got hired to come to Michigan, that was the first time ever, Trey, ever Harbaugh gave the keys to somebody and said, drive it. It's yours. Mm. Now you get your first year to kind of work out your kinks. Right. You get your second year where it's like, okay, what's happening? Granted, Harbaugh went out and got him Shea Patterson, which was who he wanted. Now, right. Shea wasn't a bad, he wasn't elite, but he wasn't bad either. He was a really good spread QB. He was though. a really I mean, good spread QB. And, and just so everyone remembers, Harbaugh's in a lot of hot water in this time. Everyone's saying he's got this Stone Age offense. Yep. Like he needs to switch it up. He needs to get a little bit more relevant, more, be modern. more explosive. Exactly. So he brings in the spread QB, which which was Shea Patterson, brings in who's supposed to be the spread guru of who supposedly Josh helped Gattis. at Penn State, who also helped call plays Alabama, who got into that spat with the guy head coach Mike Loxley from Maryland talking about no, I called the plays at Alabama. Yeah. We're gonna do the speed and space. I remember the whole I mean, I was on the hype train, bro. I, I'm telling you. Does all that year two, dud. Year three, the COVID season, dud. Harbaugh switches us up because he's in hot water again. And yep. he goes, I'm going to go back to my one, what is it, my bread and butter, and we're going to start calling plays by committee. So Sharoni Moore got upgraded to call off the coordinator. He grabbed Matt Weiss from his brother, um, brought him in as quarterback coach, really as, as an office, offensive analyst. They more so switched to like a pistol-style offense. Yep. Hmm. All of a sudden, our best statistical year in Ann Arbor was the year it went back to offensive call by committee. Mm. I'm just saying, I don't find that happenstance that you got the offense three years to yourself. We did not have a great offense. The year Harbaugh says, my butt is on the line. I'm going to do what I've always done. And if I'm going to die on my sword, I'm going to die on my sword my way. And we have the best offensive year we've probably had in Harbaugh's tenure. I'm just saying, Miami fans, don't drink the Josh Gaddis Kool-Aid, man. It's like if Harbaugh would have just did that initially, like instead of coming out in the I formation, double tight and all that, you know, because they, they they stuck to his roots this past season. But like yeah. you just said, it was just more out of a lot of – they ran the pistol. They ran the pistol. And they pounded the rock. And, and, and it worked every single week until they hit the brick wall that is the Georgia. Georgia defense. <laughs> well, the, the front champs. seven all went into the top three rounds. Like, that was an NFL defense last year. <laughs> exactly. So, anyways. Well, my dark horse for the ACC, I'm going Louisville, man. Um, Ooh. What's his name? Satterfield from App State. He's yep. kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a prove-it year, you know, Mm -hmm. they expected him to come in and really turn the program around. He's done some good things, but they have an X-factor in Malik Cunningham. Cunningham. And and this guy, it's his third or however many years Satterfield's been there. I don't know if it's been three He's a senior this year, so in 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, he's a fifth-year guy because of the COVID year. But I don't know if he came in with – like, I'm trying to remember when Satterfield came in because Satterfield runs a pistol, like, option, very-esque offense as well. Um, and I think he's either – has he been there four years or three? I'm going to look up right now. I'm looking okay, this will be his fourth season. Okay. This will be Satterfield's fourth season at Louisville. Mm-hmm. And – he hasn't well, I guess his first year they went eight and five, but that was still with a lot of Petrino's guys. But I think Cunningham, if he didn't start that season, he played a lot. And Yes. 
I don't know. I think they're a team that could could sneak their way into the championship. The 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 biggest problems I see on their schedule are at Clemson and at Virginia. I don't know what Virginia is going to do this year or what Tony they Elliott. have, but that's just a place it seems like it's tough to play. Yeah. Uh, in the ACC, I'm speaking relevant to the ACC, not yeah. any other conference. But other than that, I mean, they've got they're they're at home. They got Florida State at home. They've got NC State at home. Wake Forest. I know we haven't Hartman's really talked about the them. That's what say that. They, they well, no, he's back their... mid season. It just came out. Yeah. So, but but he'll be out for a while. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I'm big on quarterbacks. I mean, that's the only reason why I almost kept Miami in there is because I really like their quarterback. He's ben one Dyke of the best nice. in the conference. And when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, you have a chance. You just do. So I got NC State. That's my prediction to win the conference. I got Clemson as my bounce back, and I got Louisville as my dark horse. So okay, what's like your hot that. take? I should have saved my Josh Gaddis rant for this, but my hot take is the U is not back, bro. Ooh. I, I've i been hearing it, like, you know, since they hired Cristobal. And when they hired me, you talked about it. We are like, oh, I think we were, like, really high on it. Mm-hmm. And then, like, now that I've gotten out of the initial offseason hype and have had time to really, like, sit and watch – I think it's a mess getting ready to happen there. Between that, between this NIL stuff that's going on down there, the NCAA is already kind of tapping on some doors. Mm. Um, they're they're kind of getting alert about some stuff. <laughs> um, it's just, and you know what? I just can't believe it, man. We've been saying the U is back for like the last three coaching regimes. Mm. I, just, I I I just I'm in really like you gotta I gotta see it to believe it. And I watched the U quite a bit last year because it was Diaz's. He was on the obviously the hot seat. So I've seen Van Dyke play. I think he's good. I think he has the potential to be, if not the best, one of the best, probably top two or top three quarterbacks in the conference. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I was just kind of like, eh. I was kind of underwhelmed with the type of talent I expected to see at Miami. And obviously, you know, they got transfers and all that. I just, I. I'm just when it comes to the U, man. We've been saying the U is back for like I feel like two decades, and they just aren't. So um, I just can't believe the hype until they're actually back. The U, I've noticed because it's such a powerful national brand, mm-hmm. and there is a lot of history that a lot of college football fans of different generations remember. Right, like like you and I, our generation, we don't really remember that the eighties U teams mm-hmm. unless we watched the U documentary. Right. But we remember those early two thousands teams. So so it spans across, you know, multiple generations. But I've noticed that anytime there's any kind of connection to its past, to that history going into the season, we want to jump on this, they're back, they're back. Like I remember when Diaz hired Ed Reed as like yep. a sideline like consultant. consultant. I, don't, I, I don't even yeah. remember player develop, you know, or or Something. C. <laughs> they gave him like a CEO type title, right? Yeah, and right. he was out there talking trash in one of the games. And what do we all do as college football fans? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's the right. U. They're back. Ed Reed's out there talking trash. Oh my God, they're gonna they're right. gonna be a playoff team, and then. They kind of just are what they are. Or you see Michael Irvin 
gets brought in. I remember during the Al Golden era, and he spoke to the team, and it was like so powerful what he yep. said, and he got so hyped, like he almost like went to tears when he was talking about his team and you, and you're like, oh man, that has to get you going. These yeah, guys are back. <laughs> like here we go. And to your point, they just never are. So I agree. They, they, they're not back till they prove they're back. And I think the um, documentary helped with that, in my opinion. I know oh, absolutely. I think the documentary has kept them a little bit more relevant to the new age college football fan. Because they haven't really been good in a very long time. But that it's like right. the documentary restoked the fire. For yes. all of us to live off the nostalgia. So when we see stuff like that, we're like, yeah, man, the U. When in actuality, man, I can't remember the U being good since, like, I think 2004. Yeah. It's not a couple years before that. Right. Um, so here's my hot take on the ACC. Um, and it's it's not really kind of an on-the-field type of take. It's more of a realignment take. Okay. I think they're going to lose three or four teams to the SEC. And here's Believable. why. Here's why. I, I've been teetering on that. I don't, in fact, if we had a video earlier in the summer where we were talking about the shifting and moving and shaking and how you know maybe their Hail Mary could be to try and lock in a team like Notre Dame, and then you got Notre mm-hmm. Dame, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, from a brand standpoint to sort of, well – it's looking more and more like the Big Ten is about to take over the rest of what's worth anything in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon's going to be Big Ten bound. I think that Washington will be as well. And then I think somehow Stanford and Notre Dame will be a package deal for mm-hmm. the Big Ten, which then at that point, as we've said, why, if you're Florida State, Miami, Clemson, and, and and probably one other team, I don't know who yet, whether it's a Carolina or a you know Virginia Tech, something like that. Like, what's what's at that point? What's keeping you from just going to the SEC and getting as much money as you can get? Right. Anyways, um, because that's the thing. Like the Big Ten is just struck that insane that television deal. deal. Well, why is that? Because they have value because of the teams that are in the conference. So the SEC will be able to do the same exact thing as they, you know, collect those assets, AKA team schools, programs with the type of history. I mean, think about that. You got a team like USC and Ohio state that are going to be in the same conference, Mm -hmm. Michigan in the same conference. Like that's Mm -hmm. (laughs) huge. That's huge brand recognition television. Like, you know, and so that's, to me, so I see that television. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Who's not going to do that? Like, what do you What do you think? Like, like they literally have the teams that people want to watch. Um, but anyways, I think my hot take for the ACC is they lose three or four teams. I I don't even know if I hope I'm wrong at this point. I mean, at this point, it's like let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's have let's an NFC and yeah. an AFC in college football, and let's just duke it out. Well, Kyle Hurd said it best, though, bro. I think I said I gave him credit when I said that. I'll give him credit when I say it this time. He's like, college football has a big-time game problem. 
like because there's right. 128 teams, like I'm stuck looking at Jacksonville play yeah. <laughs> Georgia week two. I don't want to see that game. No, I want to see the the top dogs play. That that's what makes the NFL so great. It's every week yes. you got big time matchups. I, I I agree. Like just make the two superpower conferences. I'm even open for them to start exploring re- uh, relegation, like uh, like pro soccer does, man. Um, like if you if you're in the bottom three, you get descended to a lower conference, <laughs> and you know, bro, I love that. Like I think it's great. I, yeah, college football, I think just needs to go to the super conference because even like you said, the new rights deal potentially it was set up for Notre Dame to come over to the Big Ten. Like how they struck it, I kind of read some info, and we we don't have to dive into that, but it was set up for. Notre Dame to make the pivot within the next six years. They're going to be a Big Ten team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just everybody else, Florida, Florida State. I mean, Florida State, Miami, Clemson. Let's go to SEC. And that way, week in and week out, dude, you just got elite football, which I think, you know, everybody still gets big-time talent because these kids now aren't going to want to play in the top major, the two big conferences, and they're going to only want to go to, let's say, the top eight schools. Right. Which Michigan, Ohio State, USC, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Florida. You know, it it just helps the mm-hmm. game. I'm for it. Well, um let's let's go Heisman and then go through week zero and then we'll be done. Yes, sir. Um I mean we're not trying to rush if you're listening, but just so you know, we spent twenty minutes before we even started the episode troubleshooting technical difficulties. So not only are we days behind because of my uh, bout with salmonella poisoning <laughs> or whatever, however you say it. But we're also behind even on today's schedule because getting the technology right. But anyways, my Heisman winner, I've said this already. And B. Holmes, you said, so I'm, gonna, I, I, I'm, I'm sharing this because you've already said it on air yeah. before, which is that you got married in Vegas back yes. in May. I yep. was there. While I was there, I may or may not have placed a specific wager on this young man to win the Heisman at <laughs> I think six hundred to one odds or six to whatever. Nice payout. It was it was really good odds, I felt like, for this guy at this particular time. And that's Caleb Williams, starting quarterback at USC. That's my prediction to win the Heisman in twenty twenty two. I know who I said last week. I said Bryce Young last week when we were talking about him, but I'm actually pulling back. I'm gonna go CJ Stroud. Ah. Okay. I'm going to go C.J. Stroud. I think national pundits are super high on them. Everyone's high. Ohio State's going to have the best offense in the country. I don't care what anybody says. Best offense in the country. Jackson Smith, Jackson Smith Enigma. It's like really my dark horse for the Heisman. I just don't see receivers really winning that award unless you have a Devontae Smith type year. Mm-hmm. But um, I think C.J. Stroud, man, if he if they go undefeated, he wins the Heisman this year. It, to me, it's, it's really that simple because he's going to average over 300 yards a game. Or even if they just get in the playoffs. Yeah, don't they, go they can afford to lose one. They can afford to lose one. Mm-hmm. But if he, if they go, like, say, if they drop the first game to Notre Dame, which I don't think, I don't know if you've seen the Vegas odds. Like, it's bad. But they're not losing to Notre Dame. No, but even even if they did, and they just won out the rest of the year. CJ Stroud's going to throw for almost five thousand yards. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I think he wins the Heisman this year. Dude, I'm seeing. I've seen a model or a prediction that had eleven and zero Michigan versus eleven and zero Ohio State. The winner of that going to the Big Ten, and the loser of that being the fourth seed in the CFP. I saw I that. Josh Pate. Is it was it Pate State that did that? Yeah, Pate State did that. I, I don't know if I agree that that would actually happen. I'm not so sure, but it, it would depend on what's happening in the SEC. 
Exactly. If the SC, so if like I think the only way that happens is if Bama or Georgia go like undefeated or have one loss, and the other guy has straight two losses. Yeah. But I do think this way, Trey, because we agree it's a money grab, right? It's all mm. about the bag. Mm. If you had a one loss Georgia, a one loss Bama, a undefeated Ohio State or Michigan, and a one loss Ohio State or Michigan. I don't care what anybody else in the country says. Who would not want to see those four teams in the playoff? Mm. Yeah. Who would, and you're only, and especially if that game, that one loss between Ohio State and Michigan was like a close game, like within the score, I don't care what's going on in the Pac 12. Well, like, no. If you have an undefeated or even a one loss USC, USC, that would be the only caveat. If there's not a yeah. one loss U or undefeated USC, or undefeated Clemson at that point, I just, yeah, I don't. And, and I don't know why I think this so strongly, but I think in order for that outcome to happen with two, not what you just said, but the one with two Big Ten teams, mm-hmm. I think it would have to be Michigan being the team that beat Ohio True. State and went to, I agree, to win the Big Ten championship and then Ohio State getting that fourth I agree. spot. I completely agree with that. It makes so, sense. And honestly, God, I still think last year, if Michigan hadn't gotten screwed against Michigan State, they wouldn't have gotten screwed in the CFP and, and, and probably would have gotten to play Cincinnati first instead of Georgia. And, yeah, and maybe Bama, Jameson Williams doesn't get hurt. I said it all last year. I wanted Bama more than I wanted Georgia. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, yeah, we just got dog walked. But you know what? My spirits were not killed because I was just happy to be there. <laughs> like, hey, hey, it was like the freshman that plays like varsity <laughs> sports and the senior just like brings you along to the party and you know girls are talking to you or anything. Like, you're just happy to be there. You're like, I'm here, bro. I'm here, man. I'm at the best party of the year. I don't care. I know I don't. I shouldn't be here, but I'm here. Like, that's how I feel about. That's how I feel about the college football playoff last year. I was just happy to be there, man. None, we aren't taking it personal. No one cares that we lost that bad. Well, it is upon us. Week zero, it's Let's here. Go. So I don't know. I mean, it, like I said earlier on this episode, it's kind of like the appetizer for the big meal that's coming up Labor Day weekend. But you know, we got a couple. We got a couple games. I would say worth watching. Um, B. Holmes, give me. I'm a casual football fan. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. I'm a casual football fan. Give me give me a reason to watch something this weekend. My team's not playing. Yeah, I think, man, with the big highlight for the weekend, man, is obviously Nebraska. Um, Nebraska, first off, they're playing a game in Ireland, yeah. uh, which I think is very unique. Um, start off as a conference game, so it has huge implications. Conference game on the same side of the conference. So this is this has huge implications. Number three, Scott Frost is on the hot seat. I mean, they have been flat out bad. But they brought in the the big-time transfer from Texas and Casey Thompson. They brought in some transfers from LSU. I mean, they just hit the transfer portal hard. Mm. Mark Whipple, who just turned around Kenny Pickett's career, is now there over Casey Thompson. Um, I think it's the best game that's going to be on this weekend. And who doesn't want to see if Nebraska, which is another one of those teams that like has been floating, has been living off the nostalgia, but everyone kind of knows about Nebraska to see if they really can make that big leap to being um, good in the Big Ten and making a case for fighting for the Big Ten championship. And like you said last week, it's it's 
Pat Fitzgerald's year. I mean, it's it's it is. This is they went three and nine last year. So look out for Northwestern because anytime they go three and nine, they go like nine and three the next year. Yeah, they win ten games the next year, and they're playing in the Big Ten championship like somehow. Yep. Um, okay, okay. So we got we got that. So after that game ends, I'm going to recommend that you flip your channel over to the Big Ten Network for Wyoming Illinois. I think Illinois is a team to keep an eye on, as I said last week, with Brett Bielema bringing in Barry Lunny Jr. from UTSA as his offensive coordinator. And watch that that, that uh, the offense. Watch that yeah. Illinois offense and see if there's any improvement from an explosive standpoint. I, I anticipate Illinois' offense being much more explosive than it was a season ago. For sure. Uh, if you're a Nebraska fan, you definitely want to flip it over there because that's, I mean, you're scouting your competition at that point or Northwestern. Um, and there's nothing like if you win your game early, there's nothing like sitting back the rest yep. of Saturday, being able to watch, you know, the other What's teams going on? play. So, uh, B. Holmes, do you have anything? No, man, it's, it's back. We're glad to be back on a consistent basis. It's college football time. Hope everybody enjoys this last week before your team officially plays, unless you're a Nebraska fan or any other teams that played this weekend, because it's about to get real. We're yes. about to see. We put out our favorites. We all know how we have our predictions, but now the games get to be played, and here we go, man. We're off to the 2022-2023 college football season. Blue Bloods, we're back, baby. Let's go. Peace. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love